Welcome to Sounding Board. My name's DeAndre Hansen. And I'm Maureen Smith. And how are you? Listener, let's take a minute. You tell us how you are. Yeah, how are you? Uh-huh. Nice. Oh. Oh, that sounds rough. Yeah. Us too, honestly. Yeah. That's why we've been kind of... We've been missing for a couple weeks now. Yeah. Um, just to spend... It's been, you know... It's real pandemic hours, but we, you know, set an an event in our calendars that's recurring. So every Tuesday night now we're going to record. We're going to try a call-in show tonight. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. If no one shows up, then we'll do it again next time, maybe, or never. We'll see, you know? We only experience... You know this about us by now. We are literally a fifth grade chemistry lab. Yep. <laughs> That's that's our that's our energy, you know the one that you had when you were a kid and they had a coffee machine in there so you would skip class and then go to the back of the chemistry lab because they had the coffee machine and the Bunsen burner so you could kind of like make a little snack but you didn't really understand how coffee drinks yet worked. What? So you bought chocolates thinking that's how you made a mocha like a white chocolate mocha from Starbucks. Is this a real story? Yeah. No, it's not. It is entirely. So you melted it in the Bunsen burner. That's not how. That's not how. You don't just brew regular coffee and then melt white chocolate mocha. Wait, what is the cho- story? So there was a coffee machine. There was a coffee machine you... in the chemistry lab, and I okay. would skip class in eighth grade, in, okay. in tenth, in eleventh grade. Okay. This is eleventh grade chemistry. I would skip class, go to the eleventh grade chemistry lab. Me and the chemistry teacher like were buds enough to where he didn't say anything, you know. So you would just show up, and there was a coffee maker in there. I only did it like twice. And it was mostly because I did so badly, where I made the coffee, and I thought I was making a white chocolate mocha from Starbucks, but in reality, I was making coffee with melted white chocolate in it. And not even, it didn't even melt all the way, if I remember correctly. It was like a lump of, it was like a Linder truffle white chocolate. I thought I was like making a big move by like, I don't even know where I got the white chocolates from. But they were like, you know what I'm talking about? Those, like, balls of white chocolate? Yeah. The big ones? I thought if I melted that down... I was like, it's truffle. That's fancy. That's That'll be a latte. No. Gotta get, gotta get milk in one of those. Yeah, and I feel like I've just kind of brought that energy to every project I am in life. I do in life. Well, great. <laughs> How are you, Mo? I'm alright, I'm tired, but I feel like that's my response on every one of these episodes, so, I don't know. I'm still tired. <laughs> well, if you if you take the tired out of it, how else are you? Um... Ice cream. Yeah, I want ice cream. I could go also go for ice cream. Does anyone want to send some along? I mean, we'll probably, once we're done with this episode, we'll probably just go get some. Although we're doing the call-in show... I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Alright, well, I feel like that's enough That's enough BS at the top of the episode. I don't know. We've got a lot going on. As far as Scoppy's concerned, we've actually got a lot going on. Um, we've got a lot of publishing going. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of business as usual. I mean, there's so much going on in the world, and we're going to talk about it in this episode. Um, but, you know, we're just kind of doing plugging along to what we can. We are still actually looking for more writers. Uh, so if you do know, if you listener know of anyone that's maybe looking for twenty dollars an article, uh, have them send along a resume. We'd love to. We'd love to check them out, and read it, and 
expand a little more as we can. Um, I think that's all the housekeeping I've got. Join the Discord server if you haven't already. That's yeah. the other thing I definitely want to shout out. Um, we're really trying to move off of Facebook. Oh, hey, buddy. Oscar Cat's here. Um, do you want to plug anything going on with your in color? Or Fat Out of Hell? Um... The Fat Out of Hell is plugging along. Hearing in Color is no longer a copy project, so. I mean, we're like, we love them. We yeah. love it. We're, it's both just kind of like incremental growth. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I just had to go run away for a second because I had a pizza in the oven. I made a taco pizza. If we were doing an episode of Hearth and Soul, this is I would have saved this for the end for my um, what's been in your pie hole. Mm -hmm. And what's been in my pie hole is when we were in Minnesota two weeks ago, which was really nice. I highly recommend if you can find a way to just find a cabin that you know is coronavirus safe um, to run away to it and to never come back to society for as <laughs> long as you can. Um, but while we were up there in Minnesota, we found TVP, textured vegetable pro protein, um, produced by Bob's Red Mill. Maybe you've heard of it if you're like if you're familiar with gluten-free products or anything like that. But TVP is really fantastic because it's like a um, vegetable ground beef, but it's kind of like old school vegan vegetable ground beef, which I really appreciate because it's really easy to revitalize you get you buy it dried and then all you have to do is put it in boiling water and it's got this really great texture and then you really have to flavor the shit out of it because it tastes terrible on its oh own. yeah it tastes real bad yeah but i've been making just like big pans of it i i got three big bags of it and so it's been really handy for like in the morning to have something a little protein to add to kind of like a breakfast burrito or something like that um or if i'm like hungry and need something to eat right away to just kind of make a taco I don't know if you hear any kind of rumbling. That's Oscar playing with some little ball. No, he found a piece of plastic, and then he found a screw. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's good. Well, that's good. Just, you know, metal. Loose metal. Anyway, so one of the things we definitely want to talk about is um, this week is the week that Congress is back to discuss unemployment relief. Well, to discuss pandemic relief generally but more specifically to hopefully get to somewhere near talking about revitalizing the pandemic unemployment. So if you haven't reached out to your congressperson, it's the Senate right now, obviously, um, that you would want to reach out to, uh, do that, because we really need to... What's really interesting is that House Republicans are in favor of extending unemployment yep. relief, which is unusual. It's Senate Republicans. I think it's a lot to do with Mitch McConnell. There a lot of so I've read a few articles on, um, actually so I re I try to read the Wall Street Journal and New York Times and just kind of all of the like, rags, the mainstream rags, um, just to kind of at least check in with how they think about it and it seems like all that people really quote is Mitch McConnell, which leads me to believe that the the Republican um, uh, pushback against extending the pandemic relief is not strong. Like, it doesn't seem like it's the Republican majority that wants that to happen. But who fucking knows? You know, you never really fucking fully know with the, with the Republican Party. Um, but it's really unsure of whether or not we're going to see it this week or in the next couple of weeks. 
Um, there, but there is, there has to be, there is going to be something and there has to be something. Well, something I saw that was interesting was that like, if it doesn't get agreed upon this week, so obviously this is the last week that the, sorry boy, this is the last week that that extra $600 is going to be included in checks, but there's a possibility that one of the things that they're negotiating is the idea that there would be, like, let's say that they agree upon something the second week of August, that there would be back pay. Oh, yeah. I mean, there would have to be, because basically that's like how unemployment tends to work for folks that know where they were laid off at X date and then they didn't actually file unemployment until four weeks later. That has, for the most part, those people have received that back pay. Yeah. So it does make, that totally makes sense. That's cool, though. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Um, that that's a consideration. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's hard. This was a conversation that we had in the car the other day of, like, just general anxiety surrounding, you know, unemployment being reinstated or not and what would that what that would mean for our personal household. And basically the question was risen of, like, what, like... Where does individual anxiety come into play when everyone's in the same boat? Yeah. You know, it's it's really... Uh, that's the thing that I think a lot of us can r relate with right now. So I ran the numbers on unemployment for an article I'm working on. Um, and I mean, there are obviously you can just get numbers, but I just wanted to like put it into a spreadsheet. And so, um, actually, Arturo and I did that. We were sitting down with it, and... It is shocking. You know, uh, a lot of mainstream outlets want to portray the way that new claims are kind of flattening out as a good sign for the economy. But when they're flattening out to 1.3 million new claims a week um, and our continued claims, meaning people that have that have filed unemployment uh, and continue to certify their unemployment, that's still sitting at 17 million right now. Um, and total, in total, since the beginning of the pandemic, 51 million people have filed for unemployment. These numbers are, they sound huge, but they're s extremely significant as far as how many people this affects. So all that I'm really saying is that if that many people are out of work and are essentially 17 million people right now are counting on that extra $600 every two weeks every week, rather, to pay their rent, to cover bills, to cover basic human necessity. And otherwise, a lot of these state unemployments, I mean, for those that know, on a lot of cases, these state unemployments otherwise would be something like 200 bucks a week. And it raises a lot of questions, it raises a lot of issues of, of well, what was unemployment doing for those unemployed before, but on top of that, it, it, it's, it, we'll see if in the next few days... Uh, if there is not a decision made, like we're going to see what happened in March, where the entire economy is going to start to collapse, and as soon as that's that to me is when I actually think we will see Congress like overnight pass something. But the reality is is that the economy hasn't collapsed yet, so it's like to some it's they don't see the the writing on the wall that this needs to happen, but that's just because the economy is so out of touch with actually with what's actually happening in the general public right now. Yeah. Well, and to kind of go off of what I was talking about before of, like, where does your individual anxiety play in when everyone is screwed? It's like, it's valid. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, just because your neighbors... And this is where I... This is where I start to get messed up feeling, is that... 
you know, let's say that we lose unemployment benefits, like, I, you know, I don't know what the future would hold for us until our jobs are back in full force. Um, and, like, that's terrifying. And what's frustrating is that I don't think that the government really cares. And just because, just because 17 million people would all of a sudden be, you know, out... Thousands of dollars a month. $2,400 more a month. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that doesn't necessarily mean that the government is going to do something because what I've learned is that the government isn't that our government isn't in place to protect the people. It's to protect corporations. And so, you know, I'm hopeful that something happens, but I'm not optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's just a really hard time to um to be not wealthy right now, to not have you know, I think that there are a lot of people that while they're having a hard time with their career, like maybe their parents on property or something or like their parents are like like families that are established in generational wealth like can weather something like a, a moment like this. But when it comes to long-term effects, the people that are going to be affected most are the people that are already that are already having a hard time, you know? So many people I've talked to, we've talked to recently, it's it's this idea of uh, so much of, of rhetoric is, well, we want to go back to normal, we want to bring the economy back to normal, but normal wasn't working. Normal wasn't working for anyone. Even the people that, were, that are now mostly working from home. A lot of cases, you know, I, I watched a Planet Money TikTok about this, 50% of American jobs are now working from home and are expecting to work from home past the coronavirus. Coronavirus was just a pe- was just a catalyst to completely change the American workforce. And so if work from home is the new normal, like you're talking about further disparity for people that have to do in-person jobs, that have to do service jobs, you know, at least if, if uh, you were in an office that you had to take public transit to, or you, um, you know, you, you stop for coffee or something like that, like you still, you still, interacted with, you know, people that are having to work right now, but the work from homing of it all is, is it, it's just going to further create some kind of class divide. And on top of that, the piece that I, I think about a lot too, as I'm, as I'm better understanding how the economy works, the way that the government has done what it's done is, you know, and I'm talking about what it did in 2008 and what it's done in the past many times when it comes to uh, economic struggle is, you know, the Federal Reserve has pr- just printed money. And the Federal Reserve has done that through providing loans to different entities and, and to, you know, in 2008 it was bailing out the banks. Now it's it's providing tax breaks and, and what it's done for, for coronavirus corporations um, while getting money towards direct aid to citizens is really an afterthought. But the reality is, is that all of this, what it does is, it's, it's, we're looking at a serious uh, chance of, of significant economic inflation, um, weakening of the dollar, and like that, you know, sounds like, sounds like I'm, I'm, you know, waxing conservative or something, 
to be afraid of inflation, but they these these things have effect on every fucking layer of of society. If the dollar if the dollar is made less uh, valuable and your wages don't go up, you're fucked. That's 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 you know like people that have their money in stocks or in bonds or in whatever the fuck those things are going to continue to go up in value because more people are going to be able to consider investing to consider like putting their savings into something like that but if 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 more people do that then the people that are ultimately going to benefit are the people that were already benefiting you know like something like the federal reserve printing off money like it has been um only leads to greater disparity not if it's unregulated like this or if, or in the case where it's regulated by congress where congress's interests are to pass four coronavirus relief bills and only one of them is directly to citizens it's fucked it's fucked and and it's <sighs> yeah so that's my thought. I mean, so we'll see what happens. Um, a lot of folks are hopeful that we'll see something this week, or at least some news of what's happening. There was just to talk about this on Monday, but I think on Monday they've been talking. Congress has been talking about other stuff. Um, they've been off since July fourth, and they're just back in Congress meeting now. Uh, so we'll just we're just gonna be waiting and seeing. You know, every article that I've read on it is got some profile of somebody who isn't making their rent without the $600 a week. And how sad for them, you know? But let's not actually figure out what to do on time. Let's just, let's just all gander at the 17 million people that aren't going to be able to pay their bills, you know? That all being said, I, I really believe that something has to happen, and because something has to happen, something will happen. Um... And all we can really do in this time is to make sure that we're looking out for each other and taking care of each other. The reality is, is that we're all in this together. And that is true in so many ways. Um, so as, as you have been working in your communities, we have our communities. If you need anyone or need anything, feel free to reach out. If there's some way we can help, if there's some way others can help, I'm sure they feel the same way really really find ways to build communities and, and talk about this stuff because that's the only way we're going to get through this you know and and um and we will i really do think that i mean like obviously like the american economy and the american society is really in need of revolution but that's not to say that you are not going to be okay somehow <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to be a fucking downer. And sorry that the next thing I think is also a downer. Well, it's... Um, the next thing we definitely wanted to talk about was what's been going on with um, with protests in Chicago. Obviously, Scopy is sympathetic to the protesters in, in pretty much all cases. Um, we're entering an unprecedented time of, of federal involvement in... Uh, um, policing of these protests. Um, it seems for the most part from my research that, you know, Pritzker and Lightfoot don't want Trump involved. There's still that strong line drawn in the sand that the National Guard will not 
be brought into Chicago. Right, um, Lori Lightfoot recently like penned a letter of yeah. And it's hard because these things, you know, are very easily... Chicago is very easily used as a scapegoat in the media to paint larger narratives that are not representative of what it's like to actually live here. I'm sure you know that, listener. Um, But, you know, that just the greatest example of that was what happened this week um, with the attempt to dismantle the Columbus statue. For those that don't know, there's a Columbus statue in Chicago, and, and with the wave of across the country, the right wave, the rightful wave of, of tearing down these statues that are essentially symbolism of white supremacy, um, the there was a push to try and, and get rid of the Columbus statue in Chicago, which Lori Lightfoot did also. I don't know if she penned a letter, but it was she's been very aggressively in support of wanting to keep it up. Well, she recently, in light of the public backlash, she's been saying that, um, in light of the backlash, she's been saying that, like, you know, maybe there should be more, um, statues of women and people of color. Yeah. I mean, and that's great, but I also, one of the things that it was really concerning for me was there's a video going around in conservative circles of um, a group of protesters using umbrellas and pushing them and using them as a way to kind of break up police a little bit. And, you know, I just, I think this is such a silly thing to me, honestly, to think that that is going to be a serious threat against militarized police and that is a is a testament to well but like what's what's recourse no no i'm sorry i i let me better i don't mean to say that it's not i I think it's what i mean to say is that it's used as a fear tactic by the right to say look at this organized it's the same thing of saying antifa is an organized or terrorist a terrorist organization mm-hmm. that it's this it's some kind of all powerful organization with plans of that I mean obviously there are there's a lot of organizations working on the left that have that have plans to help build a better society but the way that the the media paints with such a, a wide brush and the way that this one example of people in umbrellas who, if you watch the video, the Chicago police immediately rip the, the umbrellas out of people's hands, are extremely aggressive. You know, there's no... The umbrellas aren't violent weapons. That's what I mean to say. It's They're not... The, the umbrellas aren't guns. The umbrellas aren't knives. It's it, They're umbrellas. It's... it's If anything, it's, it's almost as much as possible a... Uh, Nonviolent method to which defense against potentially we actually published something that talked a little bit about umbrellas as a tool to um, defend against tear gas as a tool to like as they used it in the video to break up crowds of of violent police because that's the reality to me is and to a lot of people is that when you see these videos and you see the way the police react, it's it's with violence. And in so many ways, the... That poor girl who got punched in the teeth? It's fucking 
terrible. She's been getting death threats. It's 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 unprecedentedly terrible. And obviously, like cops are always bad, but it's uh, the way, the thing that twenty twenty has given is the ability to record on anybody's cell phone and and proof and to see that proof just be fucking ignored or used as in the case of of the right stream the right wing media taking like that umbrella footage and using it as to say something that's just not true it's it's uh it's hard to see as someone at least that believes in the future of technology you know i mean we have more power as individuals than we ever have in some ways and to see it really used like turned around and used the way that it has it is sometimes it's it's really disheartening yeah on something that was brought up in a recent podcast episode um which has that gone up yet the whatever spectrum no it's gonna that'll be up well it should go up the day after this one goes up or the day before it'll be these are going up right next to each other okay. so if well so great so in something that um our guest on that episode mentioned toward the end was um she was walking one of her students back to section eight housing and she noticed that there was a door with bullet holes in it and that those bullet holes had been there for a month and a half and that this high school student was home when those bullet holes were Mm -hmm. made um and that it is you know the city's responsibility to repair repair that door and um you know a month and a half out it hadn't been yet whereas the columbus statue there was graffiti all over it and like the next day it was completely clean and cleaned it's just a real lack of priorities yeah I don't know. So. Bummers, 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 bummers. But I, I want to, I want to, we've got a few minutes left before we have a few minutes left. So I'm, I'm trying to think of, we've, like I said, do join the discord. Cause we, you know, among other things, um, we're starting a book club. Yeah. Check that out. Arturo and Couch would be really glad I mentioned it. Um, we're figuring out what books, uh, and there's going to be, it's only going to be like 12 people or so. Um, but if you want to join a book club, we'd love to have you. Um, yeah, there'll be just kind of books will be picked uh, every month. It'll be once a month. It's largely uh, it's largely leftist. Yeah, but I think it's the guiding light. I think is going to be what's going to be an interesting discussion. You know, so that could really that can really range. You know, us we we do cover a lot of politics, but we also really love talking about culture and art. So um, expect something along those lines. Um, I think it's cool. I think stuff like that is more stuff that we're interested in doing. If, if, you know, in this time, especially um, where digital spaces are so uh, necessary, I think building ones that are positive and joyful and, and supportive and places that we can go to to escape to some extent, or to build, help build better structures. I think those are really valuable right now, and, and we work really hard to try and make more of them, so. Yeah, so that's my, 
that's the other thing I wanted to definitely mention. Kind of sandwich this episode with positivity as much as possible. Yeah. Honestly, like, that's all I've really got. Me too. <laughs> I think we Me can too. end it there. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I'm Vidya Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we're up to, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But most importantly, find your way into our Discord server. It's been the best place to keep up with what's going on. It's the best place to talk with you all. Um, yeah, it kind of beats the algorithms of all the, all the other social media. So please do follow us there. And find the podcast, when you listen to Sounding Board, in most podcast places under Sounding Board. Awesome. And the main thing I want to plug is the Sustain campaign. As you know, we do not have a paywall. All of our content is free to the public. However, that does not mean that we run for free. The free press is not free. If you're in a position to become a subscriber, um, it is $2 a month, and that gives you... Um, email notifications every time we post again another way that we can beat that horrible horrible algorithm so please give it some thought head to the website scopymag.com slash subscribe and check it out so give a little give a lot and if you can't give then listen participate and share cool thanks again so much for listening go out and make something yep <laughs>